Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. At KPMG, innovation is the go-to state of mind. Their visionary thinkers and advanced technology help you see beyond the now, uncover new insights, and turn them into opportunities. KPMG can help you leverage the value of data and drive transformational outcomes through innovation. To explore their thinking, go to kpmg.us. Rusty. Rusty, we have season two, episode three, The Arrowhead. The Arrowhead. Yes, sir. Uh, this one, uh, you were telling me that uh, there's several Indian tribes that are mentioned in this. Yeah, so he mentions uh, the Cato Indians a uh-huh. lot. And, uh, of course, if you live in central Texas, a lot of the, you know, there's there's Cato Mills, Texas. You know, there's mm-hmm. Cato Lake. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of references to... A lot of references to Cato Indians. And, uh, actually, the Waco, or the Waco, H-U-A-C-O, was, I think is how it was, mm-hmm. pre- how it was spelled, was uh, actually... Uh, Cato, so they were a part of you know Cato and the Wichita people oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So, whenever the white man pushed them out of Waco, yeah. they all went to uh, Oklahoma to the reservation there, and oh. that's where the existing Wacoans uh, reside. Is huh. there on the on the reserve? Well, there you go. You everybody out there got a history lesson. Uh, let's open this with, uh, Hank, uh, beaming from ear to ear about his new John Deere eight r walk behind tiller. And it's a nice looking tiller. I've done some tilling in my day and, uh, <laughs> I never had one that nice to till with. Yeah. It's a brand new tiller and, uh, Dale is showing it off to, uh, his son, Joseph, uh, talking about how it's a five horsepower Briggs and Stratton engine, engine, sixteen heat resistant tines, thirteen inch super lug tires, and if I'm not mistaken, the model comes with a hat. Oh yeah, and then he asked for the hat. <laughs> yeah, so he and can then, just uh, have the hat. Yeah, and then you see 
I think uh, maybe for the first time we see him with this is like the first without a hat scene yeah. maybe, and yeah. then you see his shine. You see the little bling. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shine off his bald head. So uh, Hank is real concerned. He wants Bobby to see the new uh, the new tiller, and so he yells to him. And uh, Bobby is inside with his mom, and she is introducing him to PBS. And, <laughs> yeah, this uh, is funny to me. Yeah. Trying to get some culture in him. Yeah. Well, as a, as kids in Texas go. The only place that you got any uh, British television or any, you know, anything different than what was, you know, American uh, broadcasting. Yeah. PBS was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Viewers like her. Viewers like her. Like Peggy. Yeah. And so uh, Hank comes in and uh, he, he says, Bobby, come and meet our new rototiller. Like it's a... Like it's a like sentient it's a, yeah, being. Yeah, like it's a sentient being or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Bobby is trying real hard to get this British humor. Um, he thinks it's funny that a man's wearing a dress. Uh, <laughs> but you can tell he's really <laughs> yeah. forcing it. He doesn't really understand why it's so funny. Uh, they do say uh, the the TV is like, uh, oh, oh, posh, I have a run my stocking. So it, it sounded like, um, what was that show? Yes, Prime Minister? I think that was yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Prime yeah. Minister. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it was, yeah. So uh, we um, we see back outside that uh, Hank and Boomhauer. Boomhauer is now videotaping the the starting of the rototiller. And uh, the rototiller hits a, hits what they think is a rock and uh, busts the blade. First, Bust first time out the, out the gate. Well, you know, if you're... Uh, Blade breaks that fast on a brand new piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the rock's the problem. I think it's the equipment I because think it I've may seen be the uh, equipment. Yeah, I've seen some rocky yards get rotor tilled up pretty good, oh, and yeah, easy sure. by some old tillers. So, so Hank comes in. He's pretty pissed off at this point, uh, talking about how Made America cannot be a gimmick, just like Dolphin saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to stand for something. It's got to stand for something. But uh, he tells Bobby about the rock busting up his rotor tiller, and uh, when he holds it up, Peggy is is taken aback. She says. Uh, that's no rock. It's an arrowhead, an Indian yeah. arrowhead. Well, and you know, she only knows this because she led a field trip to, a to the Museum of Texas Cultures one time. That's right. That's yeah. right. A little girl swallowed one like that by mistake. She thought it was a rock too. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's just, a, I love those kind of little comments like that where it's just an aside. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't just, mean anything at all. It's just a, just a little joke. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby. Uh, like, I like this joke right here too. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby pipes up and says, uh, we don't call them Indians anymore. We learn that in school. Uh, you call them Native Americans, just I, like saying same-sex partner instead of, and boom, boom boy, Yeah, they shut him down cold. quick. Well, it's kind of funny here. Uh, <laughs> well, well, not funny, but it's kind of uh, interesting. Uh, we've discussed it before, how forward-thinking a lot of these topics are on mm-hmm. this show, mm-hmm. and the fact that you get a same-sex and, an, and a Native American, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the, the political correctness references right here in the the. This uh, early episode for as far as the seasons go, we're still in. It's still 1997 at this point, yeah. I believe. This yeah, this is September 1997. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Hank has now found another piece. Uh, it looks kind of like a handle. It's got a hole in the middle of it. it looks like it's being made out of bone or something like that. Uh, he is hanging it from the rope in, on his uh, garage door opener. Yep. Um, and using it as that, and the kids come up and ask him what it is. He tells them that uh, he doesn't know much about Indians, but he does know tools. 
And this looks like one of those things that you jam in the back of a white man's skull. And yeah, then so the blood comes pouring out, out of the, the hole here. The hole, yeah. Which is funny because every reference they they make of any kind of Indian tool that's yeah. not the archaeologist guy yeah. or whatever, it's always something extremely it's always something violent, violent, like yeah. finger bones. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> So, uh, Bobby's confused because he thinks that, uh, you know, the Indians that lived around there were peaceful. And uh, I love this from Hank where he says uh, he's going to get to the bottom of it because he hates to use a tool improperly. Not that he not that he doesn't know what it is or anything. He, he just doesn't want to use it wrong. That's right. Yeah. doesn't want to use a tool uh, incorrectly. That's funny. Uh, so, uh, he goes over to Dale's house, knocks on the door. Nancy answers in a towel. Uh, and tells him that uh, Dale's at work, and of course he has to uncomfortably ask yeah. for John Redcorn yeah. here. Uh, well, shuffle I'm kinda... your feet, roll your eyes, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of looking for the dude you're in there banging yeah. that's not your husband. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks about it for a second. She said, "John Redcorn, it's for you." It's one of the first times that you kind of see an embarrassment on her face about yes. John Redcorn. She looks well, super. She just realized, oh crap, Hank knows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, uh, here comes John Redcorn. He is explaining to Hank. Every that, time uh, he pops up, he explains it. Oh, she's yes. just having she a just therapeutic, a therapeutic massage. massage for her migraines. Yeah, it's yeah. The migraines. migraines have been going on for quite a while. Yeah. She's got one hell of a headache. She has a hell of a headache. Uh, but he explains to John Redcorn how he found this tool in his yard. He was wondering if he knew what it was. Uh, John Redcorn says that it's something way less violent. It is a uh, straightening sh- a tool. Straightening, yeah. You well, straighten funny, the shaft of an arrow. It, it's funny how Hank gets through that conversation where he says, uh, "I found this Indian native Indian native tool." Indian, yeah, yeah, he says Indian, Indian native. native Indian thing in my yard. <laughs> so uh, John Redcorn uh, tells him what it is. And uh, Hank still can't give up on this whole uh, shoving yeah. it into the brainstem of somebody. Well, and, another thing too, real quick, that yeah. uh, whenever John Redcorn is talking about things being sacred, the the atmosphere kind of changed. You can see the wind kind of blow through his oh, hair yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. It yeah, you hear, like, the, you the, hear little, the pan flute in the yeah, background. In the back, yeah. <laughs> That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he says, well, you sure you can't just, you, you couldn't jam it into the back of somebody's skull? And he goes, well, sure, I guess. I mean, you can do that with any tool. <laughs> yeah, you can do that with, yeah. A DeWalt uh, drill right funny. to the skull. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, he asks him how much he thinks it's worth. Uh, and John Redcorn tells him that, you know, those kind of things are sacred. He really needs to think twice before he tries to sell it to somebody, but he could probably get 50 bucks. Yeah. I've um, done some some digging around before, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I did paleontology, though, not archaeology. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I brought a dinosaur bone back from Utah, and oh, wow. uh, then we had BLM uh, police knocking on my parents' front door, and, uh, yeah, it's against the law, apparently. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, so, really? Yeah, I had to go through a whole... Uh, probation huh. and almost got a felony out of it and everything for a dinosaur yeah. bone for a dinosaur bone wow, yeah science amazing. matters yeah science matters so uh hank's gonna take it over to the university and find an archaeology professor so that he can figure out what this thing is worth maybe sell it to a museum yeah and then it's real funny when he gets to the college because like the <laughs> they're playing like uh ska it's like a ska band yeah. or something yeah, uh, like and ska music. Uh, everybody's out there throwing frisbees throwing and hacky frisbees sacks and hacky and sacks and yeah. like nobody's in class or anything the guy and then, comes uh, up and asks hank to uh, sign a petition, petition to legalize hemp. hemp and yeah. it's funny how he sells it because this well, i mean it's true and that's sure. that should be one of the major selling points sure. for for it for sure but he goes it's a cheap and durable source of fiber that can be used for making clothing <laughs> rope and paper typical government overregulation. why wouldn't they legalize this stuff 
And the guy's all giggling. The guy's giggling. like kind of like, sheepishly. Well, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's marijuana. Oh, Hank, <laughs> Hank freaks out and throws blah. the board down. Yeah, yeah blah. It's a blah moment. I, we should start counting the blah moments. So <laughs> There's then, like three of them in this the, episode. Yeah, oh, there's <laughs> There's a lot three. of blahs in yeah. this, yeah. So we go to uh, the professor standing in front of his class, and he's talking about the volcano erupting and making jokes uh, about people <laughs> encased in lava, which is kind of... Yeah, kind of crazy. It's kind of the first sign that this guy's a dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, this guy is played by uh, Maurice Lamarche. Uh, he is from Canada. He is a professional voice actor. I oh, okay. thought it was somebody else, and so I looked this guy up on IMDb. Uh, this guy, you talk about a prolific voice actor. Futurama, Pinky and the Brain, Simpsons, Futura, uh, Futurama, twice I wrote down, Rick and Morty, American Dad, SpongeBob, Powerpuff Girls, Frozen. That's just a short amount of stuff that he's oh, been Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I didn't look him up. I thought he was, uh, see, that was good. That's good on you for that. It's usually yeah. me digging up that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, I thought uh, I thought he was just a regular voice actor because I didn't recognize his voice from anything. Usually I'll recognize a voice and I'm like, well, I know that's an actor yeah. and I just can't remember their name or something. You know, it might, you know, There's a certain... Just, like silver haired uh, actor that I thought that's who that was, but it was not. It is Maurice Lamarche, uh, again from Canada. He is, uh, he's been in, uh, if you've watched a cartoon probably in the last 20 years, he's probably been in it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, here is, uh, Hank trying to get into this classroom after they're letting out. He runs into, uh, several, uh, students who are idealizing one cause or another, one girl comes out, uh, and he looks at the at the shirt, and it's like, uh, uh, you know, a very feminist thing on the front of her shirt. Oh yeah, and <laughs> and she yells at him and says, "They're breasts, big deal." Yeah, they're breasts, but yeah, which it's doesn't really phase Hank. He's just like whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes in and he introduces himself to the professor. Uh, and tells him how he left a voicemail. Uh, it said to press pound, but he did. And then the guy interrupts him again. You can tell from the get go that this guy's just a jerk. Yeah, and I think that's what they're trying to do is yeah. make this academic uh, guy seem more intelligent than the mm-hmm. uh, the natives, the local native Texans. And uh, yeah, so that he tries to, I guess, yeah. condescending. He's very condescending. Really, really condescending. Yes. Hoity toity. So Hank tells him that he's got an arrowhead and a uh, straightener and uh, ask him what he thinks they're worth. The guy says, oh, arrowhead, that's worth nothing. It's garbage. Here, I'll throw it away. Yeah, he's probably... <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's pretty ballsy right there. The, he's I mean. probably one of those Dallas debutantes. Yeah, he is a Dallas debutante. <laughs> Lock your right. doors. Uh, and then he talks about the straightener. He says, uh, you know, they might have traded this for a new loincloth, and I love this, this interaction right here. Uh, he might have traded it for a loincloth, and he goes, what's a crotch-sized piece of leather go for these days? <laughs> Hank goes, I certainly do not know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he ends up giving him 10 bucks for it uh, because he tells him the Native Americans thought everything was sacred, the sun, the dirt, uh, the air you're breathing. Uh, by the way, you owe me for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, just some, just being a jackass. Yeah, and so Hank's just like, okay, you know what, I'll take the 10 bucks. Uh, and so he takes it. And, and then he says, count it. It's all there. Like, yeah, a, like, like a jackass. <laughs> like you can't count 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Like he gave it to him in quarters or something. Uh, and so, uh, you see Hank leave and then this, uh, this, this professor starts digging in the trash to get all that stuff out, puts it in a bag because yeah. it is worth something. It's worth something. Yeah. Uh, and so now we're back at the Hank Hill house and, uh, Peggy is, is irate. 
because Hank sold the stuff for 10 bucks. Uh, she says it belongs to both of us. This house belongs to both of us. And he said, <laughs> he, a little bit of a callback. He goes, I got 10 bucks for something Bobby probably would have just swallowed anyway. Yeah. Which I'm, Bobby's like 11 or 12. Yeah. Why would he 12. be swallowing arrowheads? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Kids eating rocks, apparently. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Peggy says, you know, those objects were cultural. Uh, they could have expanded Bobby's mind. And then <laughs> I, for one, want my son's brain to swell up as big as it'll go. Yeah. She wants him to have encephaly. <laughs> yeah. Encephalitis or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, next thing we see is Hank's walking into the kitchen. It's, it's the next morning and, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's taken, uh, back by, uh, Bobby and Luann sitting there eating fried chicken, a bucket of chicken for, yeah. <laughs> for breakfast. I don't know where they, I, I guess it's leftover fried chicken. I would I'm hope assuming. it's leftover fried chicken. I don't know of any fried chicken yeah. place that's open before at least 10 a.m. No, no. So if uh, it's 6 a.m. here, you know, usually in the morning time, they always <laughs> reference 6 a.m. Yeah. And the boy ain't right. So he's, he's, he's eating chicken at 6 a.m. So Luann tells him, no, 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 no. We're not eating chicken for breakfast, which they are. Uh, we're making bones for Bobby's social, <laughs> the social, social studies, studies project. project yeah. yeah. And then Bobby goes on to tell uh, his dad that it is a Native American necklace like the Tonkawa War. Uh, I was going to bring in an arrowhead and get an A and maybe even go to college. But mom says you sold out my future for 10 bucks. I hope you're happy. Yeah, which if you're, from, uh, if you're from Texas, like the area that, that we're from, there's a lot of creeks that are named after all of these yeah. tribes that were here. Tonka was one of them. There was Tawakini. That's another one. Right. Uh, there's tons of these little creeks and stuff that oh, come yeah. off the Brazos, which the Brazos means the arms of God. Uh-huh. So I guess these are all the, the fingers of God, all these little tributaries yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And it is all, Brazos. It's not Brazos. Yeah, it's not Brazos. It's yeah, you hear that a lot. Uh, so uh, Bobby is just kind of regurgitating what uh, Peggy told him to tell Hank. Uh, Peggy is leaving, and she opens the door, and there is the professor and a couple other guys. Oh, she, right there at the front like, door. I'm sorry, gentlemen. We're, we're not, not in the, the market, market for a new religion. New religion. Yeah, they, yeah, they look like they could be trying to set proselytize <laughs> to you. Yeah. So he introduces himself as Professor John Lerner, Ph.D. He has to put that Ph.D. Yeah, there. he's got to put it on there. And most then, most Ph.D.s <laughs> that I've met, not all, but yes. but but most of them yes. that I've met have been pretentious assholes because of the <laughs> fact that they have a Ph.D., mm-hmm. which... Which means the only thing that a PhD means to me is that you know a lot about one thing. Right. You might not like people assume that oh PhD they got to be these extremely yeah. intelligent yeah. people about all things. Either that or they I've just love school. I've met some that have zero common sense yeah, whatsoever. Sure. Well, it's they because could barely you tie to, their own shoes. You had to stay in school for so long. You've got like no <laughs> yeah. life experience to go with it. None. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peggy, of course, you know, picks up on this and she goes, "Oh, I'm a I'm a teacher too. Substitute Spanish. <laughs> yeah, it's totally relatable to a PhD archaeologist <laughs> professor. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a tenured professor, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he he explains that uh, how Hank came to him with the Caddo Arrowhead, and uh, she goes, she pipes up again. I am the one who determined it was not a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about how she's a friend of archaeology, and he's trying to get her on on his side now, so that he can take advantage of her as well. Uh, and, uh, he says, you know, we want to, we want to dig out here. We want to poke around, but, uh, the stupid government, you know, you got to sign all these papers. She goes, Oh, don't get, don't be silly. Let me sign those. And she just signs it right away. 
Not even uh, thinking about it. She didn't even read no, the damn thing. No, she doesn't think about it at all. Uh, and then as they're walking away, the professor and, and, and the guy he brought with him, uh, he says, you know, you got to make them all feel special. I could have gotten the title to her house if I complimented her stupid, stupid glasses. glasses. Once again, setting up this character as a total a-hole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's not very friendly. Yeah, so Hank asks, asks Peggy, you know, what that was about. She said, nothing, Professor, uh, my, my friend. friend. She yeah. adds that it in is, there, my it friend. Was, it's been like 30 seconds, you yeah. know. He's like, yeah, he's my friend. He wanted to know if we could poke around the lawn for some artifacts. I, of course, said yes. And now Hank is on the other side. He's pissed off because uh, she's going to be, uh, she let the guy start digging in his yard, and we know how much his yard means to him. Oh, it means everything to him, yeah. yeah. I mean, we had that episode with, with the ants, and it just destroyed him. But then she's back and saying, you know, you sold that arrowhead without me, and now we're even, and all this stuff. He he, he tells Peggy that you owe me and my lawn an apology. Yeah, and he just stands there, <laughs> and then she's like getting ready to drive off, and yeah. she's like, we're waiting. Yeah, and she just walks to the car, gets <laughs> in, and drives leaves. off. Yeah. And while she's gone, Doesn't he's just screaming into the ether. And, uh, Peggy, you can't just think it; you got to say it out loud. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and so uh, the next uh, next thing we see, it's night time and uh, Hank and Peggy are in bed they hear a loud noise outside and uh, Peggy's like Hank I, th I thought you told Dale not to mow at this hour which I'm assuming Dale has been mowing in the middle of the night uh, and Hank is asking him not to do that Hank, uh, with his keen ear for machinery, uh, realizes that's not out of mower yeah. a, a mower is a distinct sound over yeah. a, a backhoe and he looks out the window, and there they are. And we get a we get a blah or oh, the bulldozer. And then he still yeah. he fogs up the window, and he's like yeah. blah. Yeah. He's sitting there clearing the window so he keeps seeing. It's That's a really right. long blah. It's a very long blah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and that takes us to a commercial break. So let's take a small break, and we'll be right back. It is uh, summertime here in Central Texas, and I don't know about you, but I am already sweating. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got swamp ass and ball sweat <laughs> more than I know what to do with. And, you know, yeah. if uh, if it wasn't for Ballsy and their products, Ballsy. I'm sure right now I'd be able to smell my own balls. So I'm really, yeah. really you know, thankful for their products. Yeah. You know, your cleanliness uh, is a reflection of you, uh, especially below the belt. Uh, and, you know, I... I I think about cleanliness a lot because like I've I've got a beard, I've had one for a long time, you've got one. Um, but I never really think about taking care of my down under as I do my face. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that a lot of people, you know, think about keeping their balls clean and fresh. No. I think that's a, a, a an endemic in uh, males is keeping our groin area clean. Yeah, because I mean it's no secret that balls are prone to odor, sweat, irritation. So, so you need something like ballsy. Yeah. So guys, you need to upgrade your balls game with Ballsy. Yep. Uh, they've got quality, long-lasting products formulated to keep you fresh, comfortable, and confident. And for me, yep. uh, I tried out the Ballsy trimmer, mm. uh, the beard, the beard trimmer part of it. I oh, shaved my okay. mustache with that's it. That's the cool thing. It comes with both. both yeah, heads. it comes with the, yeah, it comes with both heads. So it's not like you have to use the same head on your face as you do your your intimate regions. Yeah, your intimate regions. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they got your sack covered with a ball wash, sack spray, and more. And I'll attest to the ball wash. My balls have never smelled cleaner and felt fresher ever sure. in the entirety of my life. So yeah, I took uh, a I took a small uh, sample of, of friends and 
family, and they said my balls smelled wonderful. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. My it, dog. It told was me. uncomfortable after that. Yeah, I'm still, sure it was. It was yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when you go to Ballsy, uh, you can get uh, different things like like you can take a quiz to see where to start. Uh, they have a sack pack. Uh, the sack pack has all of it. Uh, it's yes, the, ultimate, the trifecta. It is the ultimate trifecta of products specially formulated to take care of your most prized possessions, which should be your balls. And the uh, big thing is, is it is made right here in the U.S. of in A. In the U.S. of A. That's right. And and it always will be. Always will be. Or so tell the people at Ballsy. Or so says Ballsy. So and says Ballsy. Over 200,000 currently satisfied customers with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you've got to give it a try. Yeah. There's no risks involved. Yeah. And the only thing that could happen out of this is clean, fresh balls. That's what I'm saying, right? So what you need to do is go to ballwash.com, uh, put in promo code K-O-T-H, as in king of the hill. So ballwash.com, promo code K-O-T-H, and you'll receive 20% off your order of $50 or more. That's 20% off when you go to ballwash.com and put in promo code K-O-T-H. So says Ballsy. Balls. Balls. From the host of the popular podcast, The Only One in the Room, Stash by Laura Cathcart Robbins is a propulsive and vivid memoir about the journey to sobriety and self-love amidst addiction, privilege, racism, and self-sabotage. Best-selling author Holly Whitaker calls it an irresistibly delicious story. And MacArthur Foundation fellow and best-selling author Kiese Lehman says Stash is emotionally riveting. Buy Stash by Laura Cathcart Robbins now wherever books are sold. Looking to start a business? You'll need a registered agent to receive legal notices and documents on your behalf. Look no further than Universal Registered Agents. Our team of professionals will ensure you never miss an important document, and we can even help you form your business with services like entity formation and document filing. Plus, we'll help you switch to our service for a lower cost and pay the change fees. Trust Universal Registered Agents to help your business succeed. Contact us today to learn more. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Rusty. Hey, Mike. Your dog deserves tasty, healthy, real food, not kibble. Don't give him kibble. No, I like to give my dog food that's created by a vet that exceeds all industry standards. There you Fresh go. dog food, stable life. Uh, sorry, a, a stable shelf life and affordable. Uh, this this food here, Sundays for Dogs, Mike. It's forty Sundays for dogs. It's forty percent less expensive Holy than leading fresh crud. brands. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's it like you say, it's created by a vet. It's shelf stable, which uh, I I don't get those dog foods that are in the freezer and refrigerator and stuff. That just seems like a lot. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who makes his own cat food, which is weird. But uh, it, it's especially weird when you could get it from Sundays. For that's dogs. what I'm saying. Right. You know, I mean, he's got cats, so he's weird anyway. But well, he could feed it Sundays for dogs and feed his cats to Sundays for dogs. It's created by a vet. It's fresh dog food. Uh, it's uh, customized for dog size, breed and activity level. So all he has to do is take a quick quiz and see if it's right for his pup. Yeah. You just go to Sundays for dogs dot com. You take the quiz. Uh, best part about all this, uh, well, let me tell you about some of the benefits first. Uh, you're going to get uh, increased excitement uh, from your dog about eating. 
uh, which my dogs uh, are are not super excited about eating because I buy them junk, uh, but not anymore. Uh, you'll get better stool, which, you know, if your dogs stay outside all day, that's a big deal. Uh, you'll get more energy out of their out of your dogs, improve weight, softer coat, just a better life for your dogs yeah, if you feed them. This my stuff. dog loves it. Uh, yeah. It's real easy for her to eat. She's she's an older dog, but it's really easy for her to eat. And she's uh, one hundred and four. She's one hundred and four. Yes, right. and uh, the fact not that not in it's dog years, not in dog Which years, in weird. human years. Yeah, she's yeah. extremely extremely old, <laughs> and I think it's due to eating Sundays for dogs. Sure. Uh, which the quality ingredients are really good for her health. The, yeah. the crap they put in, you know, a lot of the store brand is stuff junk, is just yeah. junk for them. Yeah. And uh, a lot of filler and stuff like that. It's and like she's, feeding your kid Doritos all day. Yeah, that's what know? it is. It's uh, like a, a bag of Doritos. That kid's going to stop up at some point. And Sundays for dogs <laughs> is like a, a bag of carrots with... It is. It's like carrots and real meat and things just like that. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go to sundaysfordogs.com and take that quiz and figure out the right plan for your pup, uh, the best part about that is you can get 35% off your first order if you use the code K-O-T-H, as in King of the Hill. K-O-T-H, and you'll get 35% off your order. Well, 35%, that's, that's a big good. deal. That you know, most play, most of these things you hear is 10%. But uh, for this one, you go to sundaysfordogs.com, enter K-O-T-H as the code, and get 35% off. Yeah, that's great. Wolf. Watch us fight all through the night, deep in the heart of... All right, Rusty, we are back. Uh, we are uh, at the point where they are digging up Hank's yard. Yeah, so this is my favorite scene here. <laughs> so you see Boomhauer uh, with a piece of paper in his hand, which is the you know the contract that uh, Peggy signed without reading. Yeah, it. So Hank he for goes, some reason went to Boomhauer for legal legal information. Which is kind of funny because, I mean, as we all know, at the final episode of the entire show, we yeah. find out that he has a badge. That's so right. it's kind of, so it's kind of, you know, you don't really think about it until you've yeah. seen it all in its entirety, but here we go. So he says, uh, after the referred to aforementioned antiquities pursuant to the public domain title nine of the state resource <laughs> code, I tell you what, man, it's airtight. Hank is like, I didn't understand a word you said, Boomhauer, damn legalese. Yeah, he, he understood him, but he didn't <laughs> understand it. Yeah, he knew what he was Boomhauer saying, but he didn't mumbles. know what he was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is always funny because everybody, <laughs> it was, it was kind of like that one scene with the, uh, with the crane, the whooping crane. Yeah. And uh, he tells the whole tells story the to that cop, thing. and he goes, well, okay. <laughs> he didn't understand a word he said. So uh, Hank is, uh, again, yeah, this is funny. damn legalese. And then he says, I never thought I'd see the day when my own government would go around stealing other people's land. That's all the freaking That's all the government does. And then you see, uh, this is kind of funny uh, here, because you look at Bill's face, and Bill looks all disappointed. And well, he said, think about it, Hank. Isn't that what happened to the people who lived here before us? Yeah. And, and he's like slowly like drinking his beer, and then. He's done, and he just walks well, off the camera. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a commercial on TV with the Indian that looked at all the litter on the side of the roads, and he, he looked at the camera, and he would have one single tear coming down his... No, that's not a commercial I've seen. Yeah, so that's what this is echoing, is that commercial. That commercial. Yeah, yeah, because he has the one little tear... And then he takes the can, just crumples it up, and throws it on the ground. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Throws it in the hole. Yeah. Hank gets pretty riled up at this point because they're tearing out his hedges. I mean, it's one thing if you got to dig in the ground for arrowheads, yeah. but start tearing out my hedges? Yeah, that's crazy. That's well, a that, lot. Well, that's the thing is, is like, like you just mentioned, he threw the beer can down. All yeah. archaeology is, is l like cleaning up old, really, really, yeah, really, sure. really, 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 really old litter. Yeah. 
So if we didn't litter, <laughs> really we would be litter. putting an archaeologist <laughs> out of a job a thousand years from now. That's right. A thousand years from now, so they're going to find Bill's beer can. Don't mess with Texas, sure. but please leave something for somebody else to find a thousand years from so, now. So when they pull up this hedge, uh, Hank is concerned because that is his privacy hedge. Uh, and we find out that that is covering. The, I don't know why he doesn't have shades or something, but shades covering the a, window in the a, bathroom or a fogged or a fogged glass or something yeah. like scratched glass. Because there's old Luann uh, shaving her legs, and she goes, "Hey, Uncle Hank, I hope you don't mind a borrowed your razor." <laughs> and if you look at the razor too, I, I, I don't know why I noticed this, but it's one of the older safety razors. Oh yeah. So it, it's like one of the, so the like metal one of the safety where razors where the, you put the blade in. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of uh, funny from Hank. You I always know, thought that was it, so ironic. They called the safety razor. The safety razor yeah. when it was extremely dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this this sets Hank off. He's like, that's it. That's it. Everybody off my property. Don't get me to call the cops. And here comes that jackass uh, professor again. He's like, go right ahead. We'll just tell you you're, uh, you're trespassing on a protected archaeological, archaeological, archaeological site. site. Yeah. Uh, easy for me to say. Uh, and so Hank says, uh, you know, uh, he, you know Hank has reached his limit. Because he goes, what I'm about to say goes against everything I believe, but you're sued and you're sued and you're sued. And you're yeah, all witnesses. It was hilarious. I thought that was funny. Cause, <laughs> like, uh, it's, like that's how you sue people. You well, just go, you're very, sued. It's a very Texas cultural thing. There's, sure. there's uh, Everybody wants to sue somebody for something. And then, <laughs> and then there's so many like billboards with law firms yeah oh like yeah, like it's got to be like a high percentage of texas billboards are all law firms Hank also uh kind of gets caught up in it and he goes i want all your names and i don't want any seymour butts or ip freelies because my wife's a substitute teacher i know all the tricks yeah i know all the tricks i like this part too so uh it goes to uh peggy watching uh the guy the, the professor yeah. the archaeologist and uh He's sitting there just sweeping away at what looks like a pot or a bowl right. or something. And Peggy's kind of pestering, what do you think it is? Well, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Well, I think it's a clay pot. And he's, well, it's more likely a ceramic bowl. She's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You may be right. You may be right. Yeah. Uh, and so he's just like, would you excuse me? And he leaves. Uh, and then here comes Hank, and he's like, "You would not believe he is. He's super irate at this point. Yeah, he's mad. He, well, his his yard is violated. Yes, he can't get anybody off his yard legally because and, there's legal documents attaching yeah. him to his yard. And now he's pissed off because the professor got dirt all over his compost. Oh yeah, you don't want dirt on your <laughs> compost. <laughs> so Heggy, uh, Heggy. That's, that's Hank and Peggy. Hank and Peggy, Peggy. Yeah. Uh, Peggy is like, oh, no, 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 come on, come on. The professor's not an idiot. In fact, he's a genius. And that's as far as you can get from idiot without uh, Before reaching the madness. madness. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she says, hey, let's let's invite the professor to dinner. Bobby could learn a lot. Uh, Hank is, uh, don't don't turn dinner into school, Peggy. Uh, dinner's one More of the, of the good, few things that Bobby's good at. And then she agrees with him. She goes, he is good with a fork and knife. I will grant you that. <laughs> but she says, you know, he could learn the art of conversation or how to drink without a straw. And drinking without a straw. <laughs> so you know, that, I've been I've been around some. I mean, you too, probably. You, yeah. You're you're an academic. Yeah. Uh, I've been around some like extremely extremely educated people, and none of them ever acted. You know, I mean, I say none of them, but the ones that I liked never acted like that. So right, right. So when the next thing we see, we've got the family dinner, and the professor's sitting there, and he's he's regaling them with a story of how uh, he knew he was going to be a uh, uh, get into archaeology when the King Tut exhibit came to his hometown, and he just stood there and went, you know, I can do better. 
which is which is shows oh how God. much of a jackass yeah. he is because <laughs> he really that like is. the King Tut exhibit is like the reason like some of that yeah. Egyptology is like yeah. the reason why archaeology was so <laughs> quote unquote cool without all that Egyptology stuff like archaeology is not as cool you know so the Indiana Jones type shit yeah 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 Indiana Jones definitely I uh, and so they talk about his PhD and how it's from the University of Chicago and yeah Peggy. he said he he Peggy. said he he said he saw the King Tut and then he said three years later. I had my PhD. <laughs> like, like, boom, three years and Peggy, PhD. <laughs> Peggy talks about the University of Chicago being one of the finest schools in the country, which I've never heard that, but okay, whatever. They do. Uh, it's actually funny we talk about the University of Chicago because yeah. University of Chicago was the one, uh, the dig site where I dug up dinosaur bones at uh, mm-hmm. illegally. Uh, <laughs> the University of Chicago was the one that sponsored. You pay them to go dig at the, 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 their particular really? site. And uh, I went off their site to dig. I didn't dig yeah. on their site. We dug out in the middle of nowhere. But you go out there, and it's actually the University of Chicago's site that you dig with. So it's cool that they talk about oh, wow. uh, to make that connection. I don't know if I that Chicago. No that ha- I don't. I don't know if they have a large archaeology program. Yeah. Yeah. But I imagine if they have a uh, you know a dig site in Utah mm-hmm. and Chicago yeah, that way, big. so it's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah, decent. Sure. And then uh, he goes here when he said they don't even have a football team, <laughs> which is a lie because they are NCAA Division Three. They're not a D1 oh, school, really? but they're a Division Three school. And pretty decent size, as far as D3 goes, they're a pretty decent size D3 program. Wow, look at you investigating the, uh, the University well, of Chicago football I know football a little team. bit about college football. <laughs> not a lot. I only care about football for fantasy football, so you got to keep up with some of the new and upcoming. Sure. But I don't, I don't really know of anybody that comes from the University of Chicago. Makes so the guy, photo. again, flaunting his, his uh, useless knowledge, tells Bobby uh, how the Caddo Indians played a game like football. They called it Chunky, only they used sticks and dirt and rolling discs of stone, which is completely different. Uh, and so Bobby's like, tell me more, professor. Is that right, mom? <laughs> so she is really, uh, uh, prob, uh, probing, uh, Bobby and preparing Bobby for all these questions with his dad, with the professor, with everybody who wants him to look smart. Yeah. So, uh, I actually looked up that chunky or whatever it was yeah. that is an actual sport that they played. And it was kind of funny though, cause, uh, a lot of it, uh, the the translation of the name Chunky or Chenko or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, mm-hmm. means running hard labor. Running hard labor. And uh, they used to have a lot of gambling uh, associated with the game, people wagering everything they owned on the outcome and stuff like that. And some of the losers of the game were even known to commit suicide. Oh, my goodness. So it was a very serious, uh, wow. very serious sport. That rarely happens in professional football. Yeah, but it was uh, it was it was native it was a Native American thing, obviously. But it was uh, the Muscogee, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, sure. which are all Indians that are are, are Native Americans that were in uh, in the Central Texas area. Peggy says, uh, you know, if they could play chunky uh, with a stone disc, why couldn't they invent the wheel? Yeah. You, know, you can just <laughs> blow my mind and leave. Can't just blow my mind and so, leave. This whole scene right here is kind of fucked up for Peggy. Yeah, he talks about uh, how they're that maybe that uh, Bobby and she could assist uh, the archaeologist in the morning. She gets super excited because anytime Peggy is invited to do anything um, that even is close to college or teaching or or uh, you know smart, she she wants in on it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so she's super excited because this is her first dig. Uh, and then, of course, here comes the jackass. He's talking about, you know, uh, uh, how he remembers his first dig, and, and he discovered this Wahasha bracelet 
Uh, it's it, the real, <laughs> he says that the one he's got on is fake because, uh, the, the real one is very fragile. It doesn't well, go well with, this, go with, with the sweater. sweater. Yeah. Uh, and then Bobby still, still thinking about PBS. He's like, ha ah, that's funny. A man wearing jewelry, like on PBS. Like on PBS. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you, you know that Hank is, it, Hank is not a gold chain wearer. Um, so now, uh, <laughs> Peggy, Peggy, again, trying to impress the professor, she yells at Bobby and, uh, he tells him how, uh, it, the professor tells Bobby how this bracelet is not jewelry. It's a badge of honor. A young brave would give one to a girl as a symbol of their bond. It means connection, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, Hank is like, oh yeah, it's kind of like aloha. It means hello and goodbye. And then the professor's like, well, it's actually more, well, aloha. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Hank's just getting rid of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so. Well, uh, I had one quick uh, tidbit. So yeah, I tried to find a, a Wahashawa bracelet or anything Wahashawa. about it. Well, the only thing that I could find was an Indian treaty uh, yep. between the United States, obviously, the, the government, and between uh, a tribe of Sioux Indians called the Washawas Band Washawa. of Sioux Indians. So I guess the chief of that, that particular band of Indians yeah. was called Washawa, but it was called huh. the Washawa Band of Sioux Indians. Uh, I don't know what the treaty was about because it's written in uh, actual, it's actually written on a piece of paper and then mm-hmm. they have the screens. You have to zoom in and mm. try to decipher somebody's ancient handwriting. So I never got any further than that with it. But I thought that was neat that uh, they had anything at all about any of this this. Well, you uh, can tell that stuff. they've done a little bit of their research here, you know. Yeah, they did, which is, uh, which is cool because uh, Mike Judge himself is from Ecuador, and Ecuador has a heavy, you know, Native population. Mm-hmm. So it, This is not the last neat. time uh, Native American stuff comes up in King of the Hill either. It comes up all the time. Yeah, it comes up all the time. Yep. And uh, this is actually the first episode where uh, the voice actor for uh, – John Redcorn switches. So this is the oh, first really? episode with the second voice actor, Jonathan. Oh, I didn't realize that. Jonathan Voss. Yeah, this is this would be his first uh, first episode. So we're at the uh, we're at the next morning at the side of the dig, uh, which is literally just Peggy's front yard. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, here's the professor out uh, talking again because he loves the sound of his own voice. Uh, talks about how uh, uh, he. He wants to say two things. First, thank you to Miss Peggy Hill for organizing this field trip because she's brought in some students. Uh, And then secondly, if a bony hand reaches out from the soil and tries to drag you into its grave, remain calm. And you see all these kids just go, "Ah." and then he goes, seriously, remain calm. And then you get it again. Yeah. And so he, he, uh, talking to the kids that are here with Peggy, he asks them, uh, you know, can anybody tell me what Indian tribes are native to Arlen? And, of course, Peggy's the only one that raises her hand. The only one that knows, yeah. And so she says, uh, could be the Caddo, who were the earliest setters of the region. And he goes, that's exactly right. And then she's she's uh, 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 so happy that this intellectual is recognizing her for anything, she says. For anything, yeah. And it's funny how she puts these people on pedestals as well. Oh, you boy. Know, all Just these, immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, next thing we see, it's nighttime. Uh, Hank's already in bed. He's watching TV and, uh, it's talking about a high pressure system coming in. Uh, here comes Peggy into the bedroom and Hank's like, where you been? You missed action sports and half of action it's weather. Action weather. <laughs> she talks about how, uh, her and Bobby have been out in the front yard, uh, digging things up all day. 
Uh, and by the way, Bobby now knows his cat. Didn't yeah, his run cat away. didn't run away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she wants to know what she missed. Uh, he says, I, I like this part. He said, uh, another new soccer league, <laughs> which I thought was funny because we do have a lot of soccer. A leagues lot starting. of soccer leagues. And a 30% chance of rain. Peggy is very upset because uh, she needs to go tell the professor because he left the top down on his on sob. On his sob, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a very British vehicle. Yeah, they uh, they they end up just going to bed, uh, or Hank does, and then all of a sudden uh, the whole room lights up, and Peggy, oh, uh, the stadium lights, yeah. yeah, tells him about stadium lights that the professor is using outside, just like the Cowboys use. Now he can dig at night if he wants to, and uh, Hank is not so sure about that. He says the Cowboys are treasurer's lawn, not turn it into some sort of a freak <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, treasure it, yeah. Because <laughs> you talk about putting people on pedestals. Uh, Cowboys the Cowboys, are on a pedestal for yeah. him. I'm yeah. sure they care about his lawn. Yeah. Uh, and Peggy, again, defending the professor, defending this dig. She's like, it hasn't been all bad, Hank. We have, may have lost a lawn, but Bobby gained a role model. And I'm his is, role model. It's yeah. just the wrong thing to say to Hank because Hank's going to get pissed off about well, that stuff Well, it's the wrong thing to say to any, any man father. and yeah. his son saying, yeah. oh, well, you're not good enough to be his role model, so this weird hoity-toity archaeologist yeah. could be his role model He said, instead. I'm his role model, not that bracelet-wearing egghead. Uh, and then Peggy's like, I don't see what you have against the professor. We'll all benefit from spending more time with him. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go warn him because yeah. his sob has leather seats. But speaking about role models, it's funny. There was a, a story I was reading on Reddit about a guy who grew up with no parents and no dad or nothing like that. And uh, he said that as a teenager, he discovered King of the Hill. Oh. And he watched King of the Hill, and he said uh, he started to emulate Hank in his life. So he would ask himself, what would Hank do in this situation? And in different, because he said he never had... Really? He never had any <laughs> advice from a father, never had any of these I, figures in his life. So. I'm a big fan of King of the Hill and of Hank, but I don't know that I would live my life thinking what uh, would Hank do in this yeah, situation. I, I, I don't know. Do yeah, there's been some, been some things, iffy yeah. questionable things, but I thought that yeah. was that was neat. That, like when uh, we get to the crack episode, that's a little... <laughs> well, I, I don't know that it was... There was no malintent. Yeah, yeah. You're just trying to catch a couple good fish. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I mean, now, if it works, it works, right? That's <laughs> true. Yeah, bait is bait. <laughs> bait is bait. <laughs> uh, so uh, now the uh, the professor is out there showing them how to uh, brush things away and uh, talking to Peggy. You know, getting really close to her, and she's kind of like giggling and stuff. Yeah, she got red know? in the face yeah, when she, he gave her that yeah. when he was talking about that bracelet. So here's D- Dale, uh, always uh, a, a fountain of good good knowledge. Uh, he says, I know what you're thinking, Hank. It's not true. Every once in a while, a guy suspects his wife for, for has a thing for another man. And, of course, we all know, you know, that John Redcorn is, is screwing his wife. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, he is the last one to know. He, he tells him, uh, uh, Hank is like, I'm not thinking that at all. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking about, about cheese logs. <laughs> uh, so very random. awkwardly cheese talking logs. about cheese logs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Dale, Dale goes ahead and tells him how Nancy is going to Corpus Christi this weekend for a migraine, but he's work- trying to comfort him migraine yeah. workshop. Yeah. I don't, which, I don't know what that is. Whatever. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm he, suspicious as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, he says, good thing John Redcoin's going, going with her because, uh, he can keep an eye on things. Yeah. Feel better. Bring me back a shot glass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next we see Hank. He is, uh, in the garage making something. And here comes Bill asking him uh, what he's making. He goes, uh, I'm going to make a problem go away. And so Bill, of course, assumes he's got possums. Which, actually, possums, uh, fun fact, you're not supposed to kill or harm possums because of the function they perform for the ecosystem. Ah. 
So yeah. they eat a lot of the the things you don't want. Possums are a, are a weird, weird animal. Um, I've seen a lot of like mama possums running around with all their babies strapped to them, and their babies fall off all the time. Yeah, and they don't go back and get them. No, that's They're it. They're like, eh, screw it. Yeah, now I got seven. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, if you're not fit enough to hold on when mom's hauling I ass, guess, man, you're out yeah. of there. Yeah. Or maybe she goes back and gets him later. So uh, Hank tells him uh, how, no, it's about this archaeologist. And Bill's like, you know what works for me? A cap full of arsenic and a, a side of bacon. Yeah, that would be murder, that'd Bill. That would be murder, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you can't murder the archaeologist. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's going to, he, Hank is, uh, tells Bill that he's making a fake artifact and he's going to put it out there and then he's going to discredit this, this intellectual because he's going to find this thing, think it's a real thing. Uh, Bill's like, I just mainly know about possums. So uh, we see the the professor out digging, and Hank's kind of standing over the hole. He's like, you find anything? Not yet. You've been here all morning. You turned up something by now. Uh, he tells him how uh, archaeology is just patience, and Hank's, Hank's like, it's a lot about fishing. It's a lot like fishing. If you don't catch something here, you move over to another place. Maybe you should dig over there, yeah. giving away his whole... Well, what I think was funny, like when he was making that fake artifact, how he had yeah. like all the tools out, and he oh, was yeah. just looking and... and I was kind of disappointed that he didn't create a uh, something that was realistic. I was thinking he was going to have this badass craftsmanship. Yeah, and, basically he just took uh, Bobby's thing and roughed it up. Roughed it you up. You know, a bunch of chicken bones. But uh, he throws it in the hole, and the, and uh, Peggy ends up finding it. And she's like, Professor, come quick. I found something. And uh, Hank is like, no, no, no. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Because she wasn't supposed to find it. Yeah, the, you the don't know what you're doing. Yeah, he kind of yeah. pisses her off. You don't know what you're doing. And she's like, is that what you think? I'm yeah. not sure the professor would agree with you. Yeah, she thinks that Hank thinks she's stupid. Which and, he does and, think she's stupid. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. But he's not trying to insult her intelligence here. He was just. But then here comes the professor. Right. She's like, Professor, what do you think it is? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Peggy, you tell us what you think it is, because he's, he's just manipulating the situation. Jerk. Yeah. He, yeah. Got, he personally looked at it and saw what it was. Anybody that's you could tell bone that has been sitting in the ground for a long time sure. over one that's not. Right. So the fact that this bone, having sat there for thousands of years, would have uh, permineralized and turned into essentially a rock. Yeah. It would have, all of the material would have been replaced, and it would have been just solid as a rock, not soft like a chicken bone. Yeah, sure, sure. But uh, to go out of his way and make Peggy feel like crap, uh, he, he says... it for her, yeah. Yeah, he's like, what do you think it is? And she says, oh, it's most likely a Tonkawa warrior necklace made from the finger bones of his enemies. Yeah, she says, she, she starts counting, I put two and two together uh -huh. and added a thumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she said, well, he goes, how did you come to that conclusion? She's like, uh, well, uh, they're bones, uh, roughly the size of fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and I just put two and two together, like you said. And, and added, added, a added a thumb. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, I just got a crazy idea. Let's find out what it really is. Which he's a jackass. Just being a, a jackass. jackass. Yeah, yeah. guy's just a jerk. And then he hands it to Scott. Uh-huh. Looks he like says, a bunch of chicken bones. Hey, it looks like my Correct. Chicken bones. Barbara. Mm -hmm. Scratched up with a belt sander. Of course. Of course. Andrea. And tied together with kite string. Bingo. They make it look so easy, don't they? You know their secret? They're archaeologists. <sighs> and Peggy's like, what? I Oh, I, oh, I get it. Uh, archaeologist, I'm such an idiot. It's just so crappy, and it, 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 people make Peggy feel like that a lot. Yeah, it's funny. He goes, they're not so smart, Peggy. Ha-ha, I used, I didn't use kite string. I used baling twine. <laughs> yeah, Hank yeah. thinks he's got Which, em, for those of you that don't know what baling twine is, baling twine is the twine that they use to uh, tie 
bales of hay together. Here's where we get the uh, the real touching part of this episode. Yeah, uh, the uh, Peggy immediately thinks that Hank's trying to make her the look moral stupid. Peak, yep, if you will. And he's like, I wasn't trying to make you look stupid. I, you're the only one I respect. I was trying to make him look stupid. And she goes, Oh. And Don't then tell he's me doing this. Jealous. And then it's funny when Hank gets sheepish and coy uh-huh. like this, he always like looks down at the Kicking ground at the dirt. and does that little thing with his foot like a cartoon <laughs> character. Yeah, like some some, some Charlie Brown character or something. He goes, uh, he goes, no, 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 no. I wasn't jealous. I was just mad because you were spending all your time with that guy, and I wanted you to spend it with me. Jealousy had nothing to do with it. That's yeah, literally the definition th- this of jealousy. Literally, that's yeah, right. that's literally what jealousy is. And then uh, she's See, digging in her he's, eye. He's yeah. kicking at that dirt, and he kicks dirt in her, her eye. eye yeah. Yeah. She goes, Hank, she, uh, I have something. She's like crying. He goes, yeah. well, I have something in my eye, but I'm also crying. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, now the the jerk-ass professor is is kind of giggling. And Hank is like, what are you laughing at? He goes, you know, it's funny. I could have scored with your wife for the price of a fake bracelet. And this is this is, this is is a bridge too far for Hank. Uh, he's like, what? Uh, and so, yeah, because there was like the, the fact that he thought yeah. that Peggy would go outside of her and Hank's marriage, which he could have gave her a thousand bracelets and Peggy would have never have no, you know done no, anything because no, 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 no. that's not Peggy. No, but it's not her. But this point right here comes to a point where you see the – uh, the strong masculine type. Yep. And then you've got this asshole, you know, weaker, nerdy guy. Yeah. And he's just, Hank he just, just keeps pushing him Hank in. Hank just pushes him right into the hole. And he keeps going yeah, and to he's that like, same side. There's yeah, like yeah. this huge hole with like five sides. <laughs> Professor keeps but getting he up crawls the same place. straight yeah. to where Hank's at. It's like <laughs> he, he enjoyed getting pushed in. He the says, uh, you know what? You're the, this is funny because you're the one that looks stupid now. You keep pushing me in this hole. Yeah. And what he says, he says, violence doesn't solve anything. Let's just, just discuss this. He goes, well, you know what's ironic about this you're the one who looks stupid now yeah so you're stronger than i am you've proven that and so uh, i'm starting to really enjoy this i want you to push me in the hole i'm starting to enjoy this really it it goes to it goes to credits so it blacks out and goes to credits and he goes you know i'm starting to enjoy this push me again and then you hear hear bobby Bobby. okay okay (laughs) Okay. you hear the guy hit the hole again so uh i guess so to wrap it up yeah uh, the Writers of this episode, it's again the duo Jonathan Abel and Glenn Berger, the uh, yep. Planes. I think they did Plane, no Panda, Kung Fu Panda guys. Oh, okay. And then it was directed by the Planes guy. He did, he directed Planes, Clay Hall. Ah. So that was the the creators of uh, this particular episode, this is a, which this aired is, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Oh, it's October. October. This is a great episode, uh, and it it just shows the bond between Peggy and Hank. Um, which a lot of these episodes do, you know, it comes down to the fact that they are truly soulmates and in love and they would never do anything to hurt each other. There was a low key reference to the Simpsons as well. Oh yeah. With, uh, whenever Hank says, I don't want any Seymour Butcher IP freelies. Oh yeah. That's two things that Bobby or not Bobby that Bart uses when he calls his Mo Mo's tavern. So that's, it's a little bit of. So that trivia. is the end of season two, episode three, The Arrow. And we're just rolling head. through. Episode yeah, man. Season two, already we're on episode three. That's yeah. great. Now we're rolling through it. Well, guys, if you want to check us out, go to roguemedianetwork.com. Uh, you want to give us the socials? Yeah, you go to Bois, B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H. That's B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H at Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. There you go. Well, guys, until next time, uh, enjoy your uh, your your life. I guess I don't know where I was going. What was with the that. stinger? The stinger at the end was uh, I could keep doing this all day. 
Like at oh, okay. the very end, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still being pushed in the hole, and, and somebody's still pushing him. Whether it's Hank or Bobby, I don't know. But yeah, it's just uh, the professor going. I can do this all day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, join us again next time. Season yeah, two, it. episode four, coming up. Don't forget to buy Sundays for Dogs and Ballsy. Ballsy. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.